Welcome to my podcast, Chaotic Harmony. I am your host, Angela Schultz. Imagine trying to date a mother with four children. It has to take a lot of guts or a lot of stupidity. I'll let you make your own opinion on that. In this episode, I'm going to be introducing my children and my dating life at that time. Now, in 2008, I was a very, and I mean very, young mother. I was finalizing my divorce and everything that goes with that, battling depression, figuring out what the hell I wanted out of life, questioning everything in general. But the only thing I did know for certain was that my children literally were my everything. And before I got too serious with my boyfriend, Tony, I needed to see if this would even work. If it would work is more like it. And if Tony could handle the daily chaos I was living, my children are not for the week. They were never for the week. They are not now, not ever. And I cannot stress that enough. At that time, I had one daughter and three sons, all young, full of energy, and like their mama, a lot to handle. My daughter, Abigail, was five. She thought she sounded like the country band Sugarland. She called it her Sugarland voice, and she was never shy of sharing that off to anybody that would listen, and even to those who would not listen. She is very bubbly, talkative, like her mama. Most of all, she was my mother hen of my bunch. Then I had my twin boys. Yes, I said twins. Maxwell and Matthew. They were four. I had three kids in one year, to be honest, and whew, that was fun, guys. I don't recommend it to anybody. I repeat, do not recommend three kids in one year to anybody. Anyway, back to my twins. The most opposite of twins you will ever meet. I promise you that. They look nothing alike, act nothing alike. In fact, I don't even know if they like each other. Anyway, Maxwell was obsessed with Scooby-Doo, and literally that is all he talked about. He is very friendly, silly. And he loved to dance around and sing to his own tune. And then Matthew. I could literally create a whole podcast just about him, but I'll save that for a different time. He was fearless, rebellious, and extremely, extremely impulsive. I cannot stress that enough. Then my Garrett. He was my baby. He was only three. He was a baby, so obviously my little miss mother hen treated him as such mom Garrett wants this mom Garrett's needs that I wasn't even sure if Garrett knew how to talk (laughs) there was a few times I wasn't really even sure he was so shy very easygoing the most laid-back child I have to this day to be honest which is good a good thing and a bad thing my parenting style was not like most at that time for sure and probably even now I really don't even care I mean think about it I was a child at that time and I was having children I do not recommend that but I'm not saying I was the worst I'm saying I wasn't as mature as I could have been but I was doing exactly what my grandma told me to do if I couldn't take it day by day well then take it minute by minute And I just went with the flow as much as possible. And in fact, sometimes I even faked it until I made it. 
But each and every day, I tried to make sure my children knew that I love them no matter what. Now, to give you an example of how my like world was at that time, I'm going to share with you a little story. This is going to be a fun one, guys. One day, I was cooking and my children started begging me to let them lay in my bed and watch TV. Now, this happened a lot, so what's the big deal? Besides, I was cooking and I really needed them to be busy. So my easy answer was, uh, yes, please go. More like, thank you guys for coming up with this idea and making things easier on me. But they never really made things easier on me. So, but at the time they did. So yay for me. It was an extremely long, exhausting day. So keeping these kiddos busy and happy, I needed them to stay in that freaking bed. <laughs> so they climbed in my bed, fought over who got what spot. That's not normal in my life. And how much blankets they had or didn't have. All of this was normal. So I did not pay much attention to it. I just kept cooking. And I yelled from the kitchen. That was right in front of my room. They needed to either get along or need to find a new idea because I wasn't going to listen to all the arguing. But then soon the arguing stopped. I heard nothing but the TV. Now any parent with little ones knows that if you don't hear anything at all for just a little bit, they are probably doing something they aren't supposed to be doing. And I knew this. I should have turned around and looked, but I just really wanted to get that damn cooking done and over with. So a few minutes goes by and I hear a noise, a noise that a child could not make a noise the TV couldn't make either. And that's when I decided to turn around and look in my room. And there I was staring at all four of my babies. And they were laying in the exact same position, all four of them. They looked like freaking frozen statues. They were all staring straight at the TV. Their little baby arms stuck straight down their sides. Their legs were completely stiff. And I'm not even sure I saw them blink. And that's when I knew something wasn't right. What on earth is going on in there? I walked into my room as fast as I could. And that's when I saw what the noise was coming from. These fucking monsters. <sighs> to my left, there was one of my dildos. <laughs> flapping around on the ground uncontrollably. My leather whip on the other side of my bed and on my nightstand right next to my daughter making the most noise was my eager beaver on full speed spinning around and around and around. I made a screeching noise. I started freaking out. And these little assholes, they were just laying there like they saw nothing heard nothing. And in fact, they didn't even know nothing. I nervously yell out, who did this? Not one peep came from them. They were still frozen. I started to collect my very personal, very embarrassing, and now very public items. And I left that room as soon as I possibly could. Like how the hell did they find these? I thought I had them hidden. Well, I guess I didn't. I seriously did not know what I was going to do. All I knew is I just saw my toys 
flopping around and spinning around right in front of my children. How the hell was I going to explain this to anyone? Because I know my little kids, their sweet, innocent little mouths go and run around to someone. I know I'm going to have to explain something to some, you know, to their dad or something. Oh my God, I wanted to die. As I left that room in complete and utter embarrassment, my four just beautiful babies were still in that damn bed and still maintaining that statue mode. Never once did they break that awkward silence while I was leaving the room. I don't know what the hell they were thinking when they were doing all this, but it was like they were trying not to get in trouble. So if they stayed like statues, they couldn't get caught. I had no clue how I was going to handle this situation at the moment. I just knew I needed to go outside, have a cigarette, and reevaluate my life. And that's when I had a great idea. I needed to tell someone. I had to. I had to share this. I had to call and call up Tony and let him know what was going on. I've always been an open book. And this was something I needed to share. Maybe he'd even give me good advice. I mean, come on. Can you imagine seeing your sex toys spinning around right in front of your kids, knowing your kids were the ones that turned the damn things on? Better yet, having another one flopping around on the ground like a goddamn dead fish and a weather lip whip just laying there like it had been messed with. This was too messed up and most definitely needed to be shared, which is why I'm sharing it with you guys. I decided I would tell Tony what happened. He was the best person in my mind. I mean, come on, we were dating. He knew about these toys. He didn't talk to many people. In fact, he still doesn't. And he's always said the right thing to me. Well, what I thought was a great idea definitely wasn't because after telling him everything, his reaction was not what I expected. I can only assume it was because he didn't, you know, it wasn't his kids or it wasn't his toys, but he laughed so fucking hard. And I mean, he laughed so fucking hard. And I'm over here like, are you listening to me? I am raising savages. Straight up savages. These little fuckers are still in my bed acting like statues. I never did get that advice from him. And I'm that I was looking for. But hey, at least I made him laugh, right? I mean, that's all I could do, I guess. But that's when I had a thought. Let's see how funny it is when you're around. I mean, the kids at this point had already heard about him. They heard me talking to my friends about him. They even had questions about him. I told him he was my friend. At This was the right time. It, it needed to work. I needed to see if it was going to work. It needed to work. I wanted it to work. But I didn't want to totally fall for Tony and then stop it all because I didn't know if the kids were going to like him or the worst case scenario, get rejected by Tony because he couldn't handle my children. It was now time to figure this out since he's laughing about all this shit and everything. So after talking with Tony, we both decided, yes, he needed to meet the kids. When I got a text from Tony saying he was on his way, I had to sit my kids down on the couch so I could talk to them and see with my own eyes that I had their attention. You know, I mean, I had to straight up look right like, do you see me? Do you see me? Do you see me? I reminded them that my new friend, Tony, was coming and I, I really wanted them to meet them. And they were excited. They wanted to meet him too. Now my, I was like, be good. You better freaking listen. Be respectful. Be good. They all looked at me 
They were all staring at me. It looked like they were listening. They promised me they'd be good. And they seemed to be extremely excited. At the time, I felt like it was going to be smooth. I could feel it in my bones. This was the right decision we were making. So as I was doing my finishing touches and everything, the kids were playing. And then I hear Tony's bike pull up. My son, Matthew, walks up to Tony. Nice bike. Why are you here? You know, he's acting like he's the man of the house. <laughs> Tony introduced himself and it was already off to a good start. So far, we didn't see, you know, we didn't, they didn't seem to scare him and he didn't seem to scare them off. This is going to be great. Remind myself, Angela, this is going to be great. Just keep telling yourself that. And then we took my vehicle and on that ride, he got to hear Abby's Sugarland voice. Of course, everybody did. Matthew questioned him repeatedly about Tony's bike because he loved just anything and everything, but he needed to know about that bike. Max got to tell a few Scooby-Doo stories and Garrett just sat there smiling, acting really shy, which was cute. All of them seemed to be on good behavior and it just felt so right. Once we reached our destination, a family-owned restaurant in a nearby town I got the kids out of the vehicle and I cannot stress to you enough, seriously cannot stress to you enough. As soon as we got to that restaurant and opened up that door, I instantly regretted this great idea we had. Matthew wouldn't sit, no matter how much I tried, he was refusing. Then he started running around the damn place like he owned it. I felt like I was about to lose my shit. Finally, I got him to sit down for a little bit, long enough to place an order for everyone. Then he went back to running around, and that's when the other kids took advantage of this situation and started following Matthew's freaking lead. I cannot tell you how I felt at that moment as a mom. Oh my God. Not only that, knowing that I made all these kids, like, why did I, why? I made you, I made you, I made you, what is going on? So I ran after these kids like a chicken with my head cut off. Matthew started grabbing one of these like room dividers that they had in there and was trying to freaking tear it down. The rest of my tribe joined in on him on this whole tearing down the damn thing. That's when I went blank and lost track of where I was. I freaking yelled at my kids. I didn't know even know who I was at the time. I just started freaking out. I wanted to run out of there and leave these monster kids there. I didn't want to claim them. I didn't even want to know them. I thought I was raising these kids you know, that to where I could take them to public places and they would act for the most part like good or decent. This wasn't my idea of being good. Not to mention, this is the first time they're meeting Tony. Tony looked like he wanted to dash out the door. And come on, I, I don't blame him. I wanted to follow him. I wanted to be out of there. This was so embarrassing. I can't honestly tell you what the hell we ordered, if we even ate it, and how long we were there. This was a complete and utter nightmare. I must have had that look on my face because that's the look of like, I'm done. Like I'm just freaking done. And I still have that to this day. I get that look and my husband's like, oh shit. That's when Tony got up, told me it's time to go, grabbed Matthew by the coat and walked out that door. Matthew made it look like he was being kidnapped or hurt. He was being so overly dramatic. And if he did this to his father, it wouldn't have gone even this far. 
He was acting out so bad. I knew Tony long enough to know he was doing this to help me. He wouldn't hurt Matthew, and if I didn't trust him, he would never be around my children or even in my life. In fact, I was extremely thankful that he assisted me, and I wanted to get the hell out of there. So my other kids must have gotten the hint that something was going on and they needed to be good because after seeing Matthew get taken out, they grabbed their things, stood by me as I paid the bill, and they were extremely silent. I apologized to that damn waitress that tipped her very well, walked out of that door, and I never looked back. And when I mean I never looked back, I mean like I never went back to that place. And now it's closed completely. So I'm like, good, now I don't even have to think about going back there. The children quietly followed me to my vehicle like little baby ducklings, like with their little tail between their legs. Good. They needed to be. As I got closer to the vehicle and saw what was going on in there, my blood started to boil even more. Matthew, who was already in so much trouble and I just want, oh, he was throwing himself all over the inside of my vehicle as Tony sat in the front seat staring straight ahead. I could see Tony's face and he looked so pissed. I have never seen his face red. Okay, well, I mean like red from being pissed or embarrassed. But I mean, I haven't seen it like this. Matthew continued to like jump around the whole damn thing and scream, I'm done. I'm I'm like over this. I, I just, I managed to get the kids in their seat. I tried to yell at Matthew. I was, I was done. I knew he was only four, but he should already know right from wrong. I taught him right from wrong. His father taught him right from wrong. What the hell is wrong with Matthew? He is so sassy. But then there's moments where he's such a sweetheart. So I just didn't understand like what was going on with him. Maybe he was acting out from the divorce. I'm not sure. But this continued for a very long time. And the whole ride back to my place was really awkward. The kids... They started to bicker back and forth like usual, and I'm surprised they even did because I screamed really bad at them. Tony just turned the music up a bit, and I just thought, thank you. And then I let my mind take over. I was looking out the window. I felt like I fucked up. Like, maybe this was too early. Why did my kids have to show their true selves right away? I mean, come on, at least wait a little bit. I tried to wait a little bit, and it didn't work, so maybe, maybe that's why they did. I'm not sure. At least I wasn't hiding there crazy from him and he could tell that I wasn't making the shit up when I would call him, you know, and tell him all about what my kids did that day. But I felt really bad for Tony. But at the same time, I can't really feel bad for someone when I did warn them. I mean, I really did warn him. So we got back to my place in one piece. I didn't know what to expect at that point. I needed to get my ch children into that house and ready for bed. And guess what, kids? Early bedtime for you. I need you guys to go to bed now. And Tony had to work that day, so he needed to head out. And I'm thinking, hey, I would have headed out a long time ago, buddy. But then I realized, oh, we only took my vehicle and left his bike here. So that's probably why he, he sat there anyway. Surprisingly, he kissed me and said goodbye. I apologized to him like a thousand times. And all he kept saying is, it's okay. And as soon as his bike turned around that damn corner, I felt defeated. I smoked my cigarette outside. I cried a bit. 
Okay, I'm lying. I cried a lot. Like, ugly, ugly tears. And then I went inside and hid in my bed. And when I mean I hid in my bed, I literally went under my covers like a little kid <laughs> myself. Maybe dating wasn't right for me. Maybe it was a bad idea. Maybe the kids aren't ready. Why are they going to be acting like this? But I really like this guy, but my kids do come first. I honestly went to bed feeling like Tony would never get a hold of me again. And honestly, I wouldn't blame him. Not one bit. To my surprise, I wake up to a text message. Have a better day, babe. What? You got a hold of me? After last night? Wait a second. Oh, yeah, that's right. His mom's kind of weird. I mean, he's under, he knows crazy. So maybe that's why. Yay for me. After I had a text, after he texted me after the disaster last night, this means something, right? I mean, I texted him back and I felt like I may have someone super special here. He didn't run. Why the hell is he not running? I strongly believe other men would have ghosted me by now. But here he is, texting me the next morning. My children were to head back to their father's house that morning for his placement. And the whole time, you know, I'm getting them ready. Tony and I are texting back and forth. And after the kids left, I decided I would text a little bit more. You know, a little bit more sassy to him. You know, it was kind of like an apology for the night before. Or it was just to be like, hey, this is what you got still. I mean, I know my kids are crazy, but hey, I don't know. He didn't object to that at all. So after several exchanges, I thought I'd tease him. I told him I was sending something special. I decided I would take a naughty picture and send it to him. Mind you, I've never done this before. So I had to figure out how to do this. And I mean, I had to find out the whole positioning of the phone, the right angle, and too much for this blonde Polish ass. So I was determined I needed to get it done. It took a little bit to get this perfect picture, but once I did, I sent it. And as I waited for that response, holding my phone (laughs) with my sweaty palms, I felt like it was taking too long for him to respond. Like, what? Did I gross him out? Why is he not responding? So after the picture was sent, I, the next text I sent was, did you like my picture? What picture? You know, the picture I sent you. His response was, I didn't get anything. Then I felt a cold freaking sweat coming on. He has to be fucking with me. I sent him that picture. I swear I sent him that picture. I sent him that picture. Did I? Oh shit. I'm blonde and Polish. Oh shit. Oh shit. I checked my phone. And that's when my heart dropped down to my feet. Before I go any further here, take it from me. Before you decide to send anyone any pictures, G-rated or worse, check, double check, triple check who you are going to send it to. You definitely don't want it getting into the wrong hands. Or worse yet, you don't want to be like me. And you don't want to send it to your father. Like me. Oh my God. You heard me correctly. I managed to send that picture that took me a while. A naughty one. A very naughty one to my father. It was never meant for his eyes ever. How on earth did I fuck that up so badly? So, uh, uh, as I was trying to decide if I was going to send 
a text to my dad saying sorry or explaining what happened. I wasn't sure. I just leave it. I, I was just going to leave it. And that's what I ended up doing, by the way. I got a text from Tony. Who did you send the picture to? That's when I had to make a quick decision. Do I tell him what I just did or die a slow and painful death and being due to being so humiliated or don't tell him anything and just send him the picture. Act like I thought I never sent it. Like it might work. I don't know. I decided to tell him the truth. Literally to this day, I wish I never told him because I still hear about it. I never will live this down ever. And now you guys are out there hearing it all. I don't I haven't talked to you in a while, Dad, but I'm sorry. I really am. We never discussed this because it's so awkward. So if anybody else in my family is hearing this, tell my dad I'm sorry. But now that our kids are older and I, they're at that age, I use this experience as an example. And I don't regret that because I love telling me a gross story, but... I love the face they make when I tell them what my mistake was. And I also make sure they know I will forever mess with them. And I hope that that works. I'm not sure it will, but hey, you never know. All I know is at this time, I'd like to thank you so much for tuning in and listening to my chaotic life. I really hope to make at least one person's laugh, smile, piss their pants, whatever. I have plenty more to share, so I hope you stick along with me on my journey. And just a friendly reminder, always make sure you hide your toys better and never, ever send your nudes to your dad. Now go out there and do this world a favor. Embrace the weird and make it normal feel boring. Bye!